welcome everybody to No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. I'm Arthur Staple, your Islanders beat writer, and today we have a, uh, a special guest who uh, has figured prominently, I th- I'd say, in, in the Islanders, but without having played for them in the last decade. It's uh, a unique situation, so I thought he'd bring a unique perspective. We've got Florida Panthers forward Brian Boyle. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks, Arthur. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, you mentioned before we got on that uh, you're down in South Florida and you'll be back on the ice, have your family down there. What uh, What has this uh, lockdown these last few months been like for you and what was it like to get back on the ice? Well, I can. <clears throat> anybody who's got small children or children in school, they've had to do the teacher thing and without having to go to work and kind of being stuck at home, um, yeah, it's basically like that, as, <laughs> as a lot of people can relate to. Um, I got a three and a five-year-old that are a ton of energy. Uh, we're trying to figure out ways to burn off that energy without uh, putting ourselves in the hospital. But it's been, uh, you know, up till recently when we've been able to get back on the ice, it's it was a challenge, but it was a unique opportunity to kind of just be with our kids. Uh, so we tried to make the most of it. And now that we can skate, it's been it's been a little bit regimented, a little bit more structure for me, anyways. I think my wife's ready to ready to throw me off the balcony of our place here into the canal. But it's been it's been something. But we're we're uh, we're managing well, and everybody's been good. So hopefully, uh, with with the news this last week, it's been it's been a little more exciting. Um, so we can kind of have something to look forward to. Did, uh, you know, you were down there a little while when you got back on the ice. Were you one of the first ones and have guys kind of been trickling in uh, these last couple of weeks, as as you said, as kind of the, the next phase gets a little bit closer? Yeah, I, I think a number of guys stayed. I mean, people going back north, it wasn't the greatest weather. So a number of guys stayed in hopes that we could have gotten on a little, maybe a little earlier. So we had, I think, 10 or 12 guys right off the bat um, separated into different groups obviously because there was a kind of a cap on how many we could have on the ice but right yeah we were excited so that first day we were able to we got in and got tested and had our ekgs and all that stuff and you know all the stuff our trainers have had to do it's kind of uncharted waters that they've been they've been kind of doing an unreal job so they've they've provided us with that opportunity they did it as quick as they could and we got on the ice um kind of the first day that we possibly could there was a number of us and that was exciting for us for just to get out and get a good workout in and get back on the ice and skate <laughs> it's what we love to do so it's it's been exciting uh you're a veteran guy and you're a veteran playoff participant i think uh whether or not we technically count this qualifying round that's going to be coming up as playoffs, um, this will be your 10th straight year in the playoffs with, I think, six different teams, which has got to be some sort of modern, least least recent record. Uh, and your body, I assume, takes it takes a toll when you play a full season and then a little extra. So how does your body feel? And this time of year, usually this is, you know, we're, we're recording this on July 1st, which is usually the free agent frenzy day. Do you, does it feel weird to be skating and, and be sure about what's going to be happening, I guess. I mean, as sure as we can be with the, with the pandemic, but, uh, this is usually a time of year. If you're a veteran guy who doesn't have a contract, it's a little bit different. Right. I, I mean, I look back at last year and there was a number of things we could have done, I think, and there was fielding calls and all that. And it turned out I didn't sign until October. Um, <laughs> 
this this yeah i was thinking about that today just because it's you know it's july one but for me it was uh unfortunately our first game back after the break uh all-star break this year i got i got kind of tweaked something and then it kind of just got worse and worse and i wasn't able to play until i was about to come back and then the pandemic hit so uh for me i already had my break i'm ready to go <laughs> i'm excited uh my body's gotten back it's been feeling really good i had plenty of time uh more time than i would have liked obviously but plenty of time to you know rehab and rest and then you know plenty of time to build the body back up in the gym and i'm lucky that the house i'm renting down here has a gym um you know it's not a big one but i've been able to kill some time in there and um now that i get to go back on the ice it's been you know it just kind of feels like i've waited long enough it doesn't necessarily matter what month it is or what uh what time of year for for a lot of us players i think just because of the time off that we have had um <clears throat> a certain number of guys maybe who have planned weddings or births or something like that it's it's obviously a little bit different, but the way I look at it is I've, I've had enough time off. Um, I love to do this and, and to have an opportunity to kind of jump into a win or go home situation, which is the most fun hockey to play. It's, it's, it's just kind of really unique. If it, if it works out the way we're hoping it will, it, it should be really exciting. And, you know, our team, I think a lot of, we all feel the same way. It's, uh, we live in Florida. It's warm all the time down here. So we're used to it. <laughs> um, what is your? I mean, you mentioned that you'd gotten uh, you'd gotten injured kind of back before this all. All the everybody was on pause. Um, what was the season like for you? Like you said, didn't sign until October. Jumped right in with uh, a team that's uh, got a lot of uh, an interesting mix of veterans and great young players, and one of the winningest coaches of all time. What uh, did it take you a little time to get up to speed? And and what was the atmosphere like around the team? Uh, before everything really shut down? Well, when I got here, it was a couple guys. We were talking for a couple weeks, and I think with the cap and all that stuff, there was probably some things that needed to be done or if if I was going to be able to sign. I really was kind of holding out hope that it was going to be here, so I waited, and um, I was really excited, but I was also trying to – get myself through a training camp without being in training camp so mm -hmm. i did everything i could to get in as good a shape as i could um and i thought i did a pretty good job of that without you know being able to actually get the wear and tear and bumps and, and that you get in training camp and battles and stuff and i think i had a practice and a morning skate and then i played and two guys were injured the night or two nights before so i played quite a bit more than i thought i was gonna play <laughs> Um, so the beginning, I think the first seven or eight games, I felt really, really good. And then you kind of, kind of plateau out a little bit. The adrenaline might wear off a little bit after maybe 10 or 15 games. And then I, I started really finding my game again. I thought and felt pretty good. It was, uh, you know, as our team went, it was, it was, we were scoring a ton of goals early and then we had to kind of find our identity in our own end. And right before the break, we were on a tear, we were doing great. And then we had the break and came back and it was the opposite. So we had a, uh, Kind of a reset meeting and we really did i think we found that game again we were playing in low scoring games we were defending much better and with the firepower that we have the young guys that we have um you know you got barkov and huberto dadnov hoffman i mean we can score goals you know ekblad is a i think he's getting better every year and bob is really 
kind of appreciative of how we kind of reorganized in our own end and it, his game was starting to take off. And so we had, uh, I thought we had a pretty good thing coming. We were on the outside looking in obviously at the time, but we kind of liked where we were at. We thought we could kind of still control what we could because we had games against Toronto coming up, but uh, it was exciting for us. I think going through that winning games kind of in weird ways and then going through that hard time, but, but pulling ourselves out of it was, uh, I thought that was a big, uh, growing, growing point for, uh, in terms of where we were in the season and as, as a group and, you know, everybody can get on board pretty quickly, especially when things were tough, which I thought was a great sign too. And you guys are a team that gets in because of the, you know, extending the number of teams that are in, um, when you and also you know traded one of the cornerstone guys that had been there for a long time and Vincent Trocheck and a big deal on, on trade deadline day, so that sometimes puts certain things in your mind as a player. I would think, even though you've got uh, some runway after that, but when it shuts down and you're unsure of whether things are going to pick up, when you hear they're going to go straight to the playoffs, is it going to be this number of teams? Is it going to be this number of teams? Do you just sort of block it out and say? just call me when they tell us if we're coming back or not, or are you the kind of person who was like kind of wanted to be up to the minute updates on, on what was going on? Um, it's tough because I think, you know, you want to know one way or the other, okay, are we, are we going to be involved in this or not? And when they decided what they decided, it was, it was exciting. And then I think from there, um, that's when I started paying a little bit more attention. Also the fact that what else was I going to do? <laughs> you know, you work out for an hour and a half, you play with the kids, the kids, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at my phone a little bit <laughs> when I got nowhere else to be. So I tried to pay attention and, and, and scroll around and, and try to, when I could <laughs> see what kind of information I could get, but it all seemed, uh, kind of far away. Cause the other stuff I was paying attention to were, I'd say probably more important with uh, mm -hmm. what was going on around the world and, in different regions of our country, just making sure the family was was staying safe and people were uh, trying to look at facts and not uh, a, a political uh, alignment <laughs> in terms of what this whole pandemic was bringing. Um, because whatever, I mean, I don't care what you think, just nobody wants to get this thing yeah. no matter what, just because of, even if it doesn't affect you, what, what you could do to other people. And, and that's kind of just, I paid a lot of attention to that. And then when they decided that, okay, we're going to do this with 24 teams, there might be a hub city. And then there was talk about it. And then, you know, Gary went on TV. It was kind of, it was just interesting because I said, well, I think they're really going to try and pull this off, which was exciting. Cause again, like I'm 35 and, I'd love to do this. This is a chance for me to continue to do this. So I was, uh, I was, uh, especially more recently paying much more attention to, uh, the news in the hockey world for sure. And now that we know, at least as, as far as we can know, whenever I say we know it's, it's always with an asterisk next to it until we actually get until you guys get to the hub city and, and get on the ice, it's the Islanders. And, uh, like I said at the top, you've never played for them, but somehow you always seem to be around them. Um, you know, starting with your time with the Rangers and that rivalry and then a little time with the Devils later on and um, 2016, which was, uh, you know, a, a, an interesting time for the Islanders, kind of the one of the bright spots of their last decade or so. And you figured pretty prominently in that series with Tampa. Um, 
when you find out it's the Islanders, do you kind of chuckle to yourself because, like I said, you've you've been around them so much for so long? <laughs> well, I just it's it's funny. I, I, no matter what, no matter where any of the teams I've been on or the Islanders are in the standings, really, it just seemed always. I mean, there was a certain brand that they played, especially when I mean, especially when I was in New York, and, and certainly when I was in Jersey. And then in Tampa, the games I remember most, like like you said, are, are those playoff games, and that's when their identity, you know, obviously came out the most. But I mean, it, it is. I think about those times, but it's also like, well, we're not going to Nassau Coliseum, we're not in Madison Square Garden or or the Rock. I'm not uh, at the Barclays in the playoffs, getting beer poured on my head after an overtime winner, and I'm not getting you know death threats from from uh the fans because i had a a quote-unquote dirty hit but uh that was just those are memories that it's the passion for the playoffs bring out and we can only hope that that remains you know hopefully everybody's tuned in i know that fan base will be in ours we're trying to continue to grow our fan base and the way to do that is by winning so it's uh it's going to be exciting. It's going to be different because it's not going to be in those places. It's going to be at the neutral site, like you said. But in terms of a, of a hockey club, that's it's much different now than than all those times you mentioned. Because you know what they have with uh, with last year, they were impressive to me. I think they're really well coached, and again, that that identity that they had when they were really playing well, I think that is uh, that's what I always remember about the battles that we had. It's, uh, you know, and it just, it, it amplifies no matter what, when it's playoffs, you go, yeah. you go until you can't anymore. You go as hard as you can. And that's what happens when it's winter, go home. So, you know, it's it, like I said before, it's the most fun. It's the hardest hockey, but it's definitely the most fun boarding. Now I, I don't want to go too far into nostalgia, but you did bring up that overtime goal. That was kind of in game three uh, at Barclays uh, in 2016 when you were playing for Tampa. And that was probably the biggest turning point in the series because those two games uh, in Barclays, the Islanders led into the third period. You guys tied it and then won it pretty quickly in overtime both nights. Uh, And that was kind of the end of things. And and you mentioned the hit, um, a big hit that you had with Thomas Hickey that left him a little bit dazed and you kind of filled the void where he would have been to score the the goal off the end boards. Um, uh, I imagine that, like you said, death threats, beer poured on you seems pretty par for the course for Islander fans who uh, have experienced a lot of disappointment over the years. But what do you remember of that sequence and how how kind of strange it was, um, you know, when you see a guy on the ice, whether it was clean or clean hit or not but no call and then you step right in and score the winner was there any feeling of um we got away with one there or was it just it's playoff hockey um so my immediate when i got on the ice it was i hadn't been playing a ton i, I don't think i'd been playing a ton that game i felt pretty good and it was overtime so we our team got a shot in the arm because like you said we tied it late and i had to do something so i just remember the play it was neutral zone and I went a little more aggressively than normal. We were sort of trapping down a little bit, trying to shut down plays at the red line. But I just decided that I was going to go hard at the D-man. He made a pass, um, saw me the whole way, and I just I just kind of finished it. And I think, uh, you know, I didn't hit him high, and there's one angle where it kind of looks like I did, but it, a little bit of a head snap. 
on his part. And, uh, you know, I, I've known Thomas since he got drafted to L.A. Um, great guy and respect him a lot. I think uh, from that angle, it could have been a call where the ref was standing. But I think he knew that everything was down on me and um, didn't actually think I hit him even that hard. But I don't know if I got him in a spot where – or uh, you just wasn't expecting it because it was kind of out of character for me to stretch out and extend out as far. And then when we got the puck back, I went and tried to make a play to Callahan, who was uh, actually covered by a back checker. And it, fortunate for us, it went to Victor. So I just skated to the post, thinking if he hits the net, it could come to me. It goes off the backboard, and it was kind of bouncing. And I'm, I think the one of the more skilled plays I've ever made in my life was just to stop that puck that was bouncing because sometimes that ice is a little uh, finicky, we'll say, at the Barclays Center. Good way to put and it. I got it to settle down. And then after I scored, I thought somebody was going to come after me, <laughs> even though the game was over. So I kind of did a little spin, and you know I was right and I was wrong because there was a guy coming full speed at me, but it was uh, a guy on my own team, and Ryan Callahan jumped on me. I had to hold them up in the air. <laughs> I don't think that helped my back out too much, but it was exciting. I just remember being exhausted from the shift, even though it wasn't that long, but um, never scored an overtime playoff goal before. And it was, uh, and it was something. It was really something I'll never forget. And then, then I got a nice shower and tried to get off the ice before anything else was thrown at me under the tunnel. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and and funny, the next season when you got traded to Toronto, you know, as they were kind of, that was, you know, their first real re-entry to the playoffs. Um, you know, Lou Lamarillo traded for you. You played on a line with Matt Martin. Uh, that was right. a pretty good line with, with Kasperi Kapanen that I think had a pretty big impact in that series. Um, did you ever talk with Matt about the, the season before since that was kind of the last hurrah for, the, for <laughs> that core group with the Islanders? Yeah, we'll say Matt brought it up a couple times. <laughs> yeah, we had conversations. He was uh, he was so helpful uh, to me in Toronto and gave me some rides and stuff. Um, you know, when I needed it, it was a big change for me. I'd never been traded in season four. And, um, so, you know, after the first day of being nice to me and kind of showing me the ropes, he, he made sure to let me know how he felt, how he felt <laughs> about it. And we had a little bit of an argument, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, – I mean, I, I just I respected that team so much. They had a big series win, and and like I said before, I remember how, especially that line and, and um, with Sezikis and Clutterbuck, they were they were such an impact line. And you know, when we went into Washington the next year, when we were in Toronto uh, with Maddie, we we uh, you know we had conversations about being that line, being that difference maker. Yeah, and. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. Those were good memories too. But it's just funny how the world, the the hockey world works like that. Your, your teammates, and then, well, then you get traded, or you get moved, or you're on different teams. It doesn't matter because what's important is that series. And now you'll probably see a lot of them that line again because it'll be uh, healthy and intact for the first time in a, in several months. I mean, I know the times that you played the Islanders this season were early on in the year and they were all close, low scoring games, which is kind of their MO, but it's also, I assume what every team wants to do in a, especially in a short series is, is control the play and, and not give up too much. Um, is that, is that, a, you'd mentioned that your team 
scored a lot but was giving up a lot is that an identity that you can you can jump right into after a couple weeks of being back together of, of being a team that's a little bit tighter can you can you pick back up what what your team was doing starting to do a few months ago that's interesting because i mean that's, that's there's so much to that to, to defending and i think first and foremost you got to have that commitment to it um but you have to be able to communicate and be on the same page it's, it's a lot a lot of it is is reading and reacting and if you're waiting for somebody to do something or you're not on the same page or in sync, it doesn't matter how hard you work. You can just be running around like, you know, chickens with your heads cut off. It, you're not going to defend well. Um, it has to be, everybody has to buy into it in terms of, you know, focusing in the video sessions, understanding exactly, asking the questions exactly how, what happens if this, what happens if that, and reading and reacting and then competing. That's what it comes down to. And then, you have breakdowns, you're going to have breakdowns, but those breakdowns need to be kind of predictable for our goalie. So the six guys in your own end, everybody has to know exactly where things are going to go and how you're supposed to defend. And that's that takes commitment on and off the ice, you know, on game days and on practice days. And that's, we I think we learned that. But again, having this much layoff, we have to kind of open the books up again and, and get back to work because... It's uh, like you said, kind of getting jumped back into it, and everybody's healthy. Yeah. Every team's healthy, so you're going to have a number of guys. You're going to have extra guys, and everybody's going to want to get in there and contribute. So I think that's going to be a huge part of it. You want to be uh, trusted and relied upon amongst your teammates and your coaching staff, because every team that I've been on that has good had have has had good runs. Yeah, there's talent. There's there's definitely talent, but. Uh, you know, when I was in New York, we went to the cup finals. I think our leading scorer had, had 60 points in 82 yeah. games or something, 63. You know, but we defended. We had contributions from a lot of guys. And we had an identity that everybody played to, whether there was an injury or the lines got mixed up. Everybody was on the same page. And it takes work. So we have to be able to do that. And I think that's probably what most teams are going to have to understand. We need to be as much of a finished product. There's no time for rust or... Uh, there's, you know, it's no exhibition season. There's no October to figure out your identity or who we got, who we can work with here. You need to be ready to go right from Jump Street. And lastly, I know your your own health issues uh, were pretty public a couple of years ago. Did that give you any pause uh, when these plans come out? Be- just because you're trying to stay as safe as possible and, and opening up, going to a rink, going to a hub city um, just increases the number of people you're around. Yeah, it does. I've, I've kind of uh, had a few conversations just be, just because this thing seems to be, I wouldn't say it's changing, but the our understanding of it has changed as far as, uh, you know, we were, everybody was bleaching everything, every surface, every doorknob. And now it's, you know, we, we learn different things about the virus and how it affects certain people in different places and different with different underlying issues or health problems. Um, as far as I am told and what I understand is and first and foremost, how I feel and I feel totally normal and totally, you know, I feel great. Um, I I'm still tested regularly every three months or so. And I just got my test results back, uh, maybe a week ago, a week and a half ago. And I'm still at complete zeros across the board, which is, which is great news. And from my understanding, it's, I'm, I'm as healthy as anybody 
that's my age and probably, you know, especially in, in terms of what we do and how we have to take care of our bodies to do what we do. It's, uh, it's, it's no more risk than, than anybody else. Um, mm -hmm. so that's what, I mean, that said, we, we're putting a lot of faith and trust in the epidemiologists that are kind of heading this thing up to make sure it's okay to do all this. And hopefully it's, uh, it's obviously a well-planned thing. So not just me, but we, we think of coaches and, and training staff and whomever else that's has to play a big part in making this thing go. Obviously the players are one thing, but there's a lot of people involved and we certainly don't want to put anybody at um, unnecessary risk and we don't want anything terrible to happen. That's a real thought. That's a real concern for players. So we, we're going to do everything we can. And what I can control is staying in shape and getting ready physically and getting excited. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I don't think anybody can argue, hey, let's just do it anyways. With, if the risks outweigh the reward, then, then that's that. But, you know, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm excited. As far as I've been told, I'll probably ask again <laughs> before we fully go through with this. But uh, in terms of what research has said and i'm i'm in a good spot great well thanks so much brian this is uh this has been really great very informative brian boyle from the florida panthers they'll be facing the islanders in the qualifying round if all goes well and this is no sleep till belmont your islanders podcast from the athletic we'll be back again next week thanks everybody